What's going on, everybody? I'm Mara. And I'm Taz. And welcome back to Sisters Who Kill. Happy Pride Month, everybody. To all the girlsies, boysies, theys, and thems. Happy Pride Month from Sisters Who Kill. Here is a murderess that's very popular in the queer streets, as well as a case that talks highly about if the death penalty should or should not happen in America. If you're listening to this, you probably already know what I'm about to say, that today is the day for you to start your podcast. You have everything that you need, your computer, a little microphone, and Spotify for podcasters. It is the all-in-one platform where you can host, edit, and record your podcast and distribute it everywhere. Where you're listening right now, you can have your podcast there. I promise, for real. And it's free. And you can make some money off of your podcast for free. Free money. Free money is out there. Just go get it by starting your podcast today. Our players this week are Deidre Pettis, Wanda Jean's first girlfriend and victim number one, Gloria Jean Leathers, Wanda Jean's second girlfriend and victim number two, and Wanda Jean Allen, our murderess. Wanda Jean Allen, or Jean, as her close friends and families and lawyers called her, was born August 19, 1959 in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. She was the second of eight children and the oldest girl. During every single pregnancy that Wanda Jean's mother, Mary Allen, had, she couldn't stop drinking. So she drank through every single pregnancy. She was known to be an alcoholic, and Mary was unable to keep a job due to the fact that she was drinking all of the time. So her family was on welfare. They lived in the public housing projects in Oklahoma City. They had to go to the corner store to steal food to find something to eat. Um, Mary's baby daddy, Wanda Jean's daddy, left after they had their eighth kid. So he was just like, I can't take her out of these kids. And peaced out on Mary to leave her, her bottle, and her eight children behind. Now, uh, Wanda Jean's brother, he said that if they wanted to go out, if they wanted to entertain themselves, if they wanted to play, if they wanted to have toys, they had to go out and make fun and make toys. He was like, we'd find old tires, we'd flip them over, put put rocks and dirt in them. That's how we had fun. If we wanted to uh, play horses, we had to go and find a stick. You, You know how the stick horses, you couldn't play with that. You had to go just find a stick and pretend there was a horse there. And they had to do all this just to make ends meet. Now, in 1971, when Wanda Jean was 12 years old, she was hit by a truck while she was running across the street and she was knocked out unconscious. Her oldest brother, Reverend Bill Allen, says no one can tell the story like he does, so I'm going to let him tell it. On the ground, playing basketball, push tires up down the road, put dirt in them, play stick horses. We did all that. She done been through some stuff, too. We were going to the grocery store down six and, uh, six and Gary when she was small. And she would run, we would run across the street, and I thought she was behind me, and she walked across the street, and a big old boy, a pop truck hit her, and knocked her way up in her, and she come down on her head. Ever since she had that accident, uh, something went wrong with her head a little bit, and she'd get upset. See, like some, everything just shut down in it. Then, when Wanda Jean was around 14 or 15, we're not really sure of this story, but around that time, she was stabbed in the left side of her head. I mean, I don't know how, I don't know why. These are also 
court records from when she was a juvenile. So now the left side of your brain, this is like your cognitive functions. It, it helps you comprehend. It helps you with your ability to analyze cause and effect. It helps with impulses. And that was pretty much destroyed. When she was 15, she was in a juvenile institution. And while there, a psychologist examined her, uh, Dr. Krimsky. And Dr. Krimsky gave her an IQ test and her results, she that she had an IQ of 69. Now, I went on the website because I didn't really know the IQ chart and if you're smart or not. So I went to medicine.net. I'm sure that it's somewhat reliable, even though there was a lot of pop-ups on that website. And it says that superior intelligence is between like 110, 119. Being gifted, like if you were in the gifted program, Super intelligent, that's 120 to 140. Um, nearly genius or scores over 140. Scores between 80 and 89 are about lower average. And then if you're under 70, they say that it's like feeble mindedness and it's very low. So she was a little touched. So she has score of 69. So she's just a little touched. And also we weren't sure we could, I couldn't find out because she was in juvie, but I couldn't find out if the test was before the stabbing or after the stabbing. It said 14, 15. Then I knew the test happened when she was 15. I'm not sure of the exact date. So if y'all find them, you can put it in the discussion group. Don't come and yell at me. Okay. But that doctor, that psychiatrist was like, listen, there is severe damage to the left side of her brain. Her cognitive damage is really just not there. And he made a recommendation that the state follow up with neurological testing for her, but the state never did that, which goes to show in so many cases, the state ignores mental health in youth and they they ignore mental health in people altogether. Like if resources put together to ensure that those that have some type of cognitive disability or some any type of mental illness, think about how many crimes could be prevented. We, we could just end it right there. The story could be she has some juvie record. They went and uh, tested her. They found out that she had a low IQ. They did some neurological testing, and now she's a functioning member of society. Unfortunately, that's not where our story ends. Let's keep going. Wanda Jean, like we said, is the second oldest and the oldest girl out of the eight children. And of course, as the oldest girl, she felt a sense of responsibility to her younger siblings and to her family altogether. She would get jobs here and there so that she could help pay for things around the house. But she just could not keep a hold of these jobs. I mean, she was quick to get angry or feisty. She was usually late and she would rarely do anything while she was at these jobs. And so most of the time she was getting fired pretty quickly. And then after that, she went back to stealing food, back to stealing from grocery stores so that she could feed her family. Now, all this stealing did end her in juvie quite a few times. Between trying to keep her family fed and trying to go to school, something had to give. So at age 17, Wanda Jean dropped out of high school. Five years later, Wanda Jean was 22 years old and she was sharing an apartment with a childhood friend of hers who was actually more than a friend, more like a girlfriend, and her name was Deidre Pettis. Deidre and Wanda would often fight, but they still stayed together. You know, you gotta think it out. They grew up together and they had a special bond. During the spring of 1981, there was a lot of drama between Deidre and Wanda Jean. Don't really know about what, but bitches be arguing, right? And apparently, DJ had this little boyfriend on the side, and that, of course, did not make Wanda Jean happy at all. I mean, who would? I mean, Wanda Jean, like, Wanda Jean is a stud, okay? She looked like, she has the jerry curl of, of a baby stud. She has the jerry curl of your in-the-closet auntie that be at the cookout and the gold tooth to go with it. Wanda Jean was not having that shit. Listen, but it was like a feminine go-to because it was only the outline. And them curls looked really good in her hair. Yeah, because jerry curls were popular at the time and all the lesbian aunties had the jerry curl. On June 29th, 1981, Deidre and Wanda got in a little argument and Wanda Jean shot and killed Deidre. Now, 
according to Wanda Jean, she came home and Deidre had her little boyfriend over. They got into an argument and then Deidre's boyfriend started shooting at Wanda Jean. So, of course, she shot back. Like, the fuck? Now, Wanda Jean says she shot him from about a 30 feet distance or she she shot from about 30 feet away. And what happened was the bullet did not actually hit the boyfriend. It hit Deidre instead and she died. However, the forensic evidence was inconsistent with Wanda Jean's story. The medical examiner found bruises and gunpowder burns on Deidre's body, which indicated that Wanda Jean pistol whipped her and then shot her at point blank range, which that's a very, very different story, Wanda Jean. 30 feet and point blank, enough to pistol whip, that's not even a confusable amount. Right. So before the trial, the prosecutors decided they were going to cut a deal with Wanda Jean. She could plead to manslaughter and not first degree murder, and she would just receive a four year sentence. Somehow she was able to claim or argue self-defense. Like, I mean, I know it didn't go to trial, but I guess that was going to be their strategy going up to it. And maybe she had a chance of defending it until they gave her a deal. And she only had to serve four years, which is light work. So Wada Jean and her lawyer knew that this was the best that they were going to get. And I think it's a pretty amazing fucking deal. So Wanda Jean pleaded guilty and received a lesser sentence. She only ended up serving two out of the four years that she was sentenced to the Oklahoma State Penitentiary. So she was home quick, fast. And in a hurry, they, <laughs> they were good. She was like, no worries, y'all. I'm just going on vacation. Right. Now, while she was in prison, she, of course, met herself a new boo. And this boo that she met was Gloria Leathers. Now, Gloria Leathers was also from Oklahoma City as well. She was a girl from around the way, just like Wanda Jean. And in 1979, Gloria was arrested in Tulsa outside of a disco for stabbing a girl in self-defense. After being found guilty for manslaughter, as sounding familiar, Gloria was sent to the Oklahoma State Penitentiary. And that is where she met her boo, her lover, her little friend. So Wanda Jean and Gloria, they met, they became girlfriends, and there's not much information about their time in the prison together, but I'm sure, like, we've all seen the TV shows where relationships happen inside of prison walls, both fictional and non-fictional. I'm sure that everybody that listens to this also watches those shows. Anyways, after they both get out of prison in 1982, I bet they was in there like, oh, baby, I'm gonna keep you strong. Like, we both get out at the same time and then we're gonna make a life together. We're gonna do better. Me and you, baby, me and you. So they get out together and they start living together and they're immediately in a relationship. And I don't know if that should be legal. There must have been no parole afterwards because when you're on parole, you're not alone allowed to be in touch with other inmates or or there's some there's some type of stipulation in there and i just don't know if two convicted felons should be that get out at the same time should be living at the same household (laughs) i think that's why they must not have had any parole they must have just been set free afterwards because (laughs) what right so the village in there for killing people the same crime They're like, perfect. This is great. The village police department was the nearest police station to their house. And actually, the village police department was very aware of Wanda Jean and Gloria. Well, Wanda Jean also started going by Jean. And she, it's spelled Jean, J-E-A-N, but she would be known to sign things G-E-A-N. And people were trying to say that that was because she was, you know, very masculine and wanted to be like the nigga and whatever. And Gloria's brother said that he was over there all the time. Did you see this? Gloria's brother was like, yeah, I'll be over there all the time. And, and, and you know, Wanda Jean just be walking around with her shirt off. She'd be like, don't worry about what I got going on. Like, she was the man of the house or whatever. I mean, like, put a shirt on. Don't worry about me. 
Don't worry about me. You in my house. I'm walk around with my. Uh, she ain't had no titties. So I walk around with my little pecs out if I want to. <laughs> oh, if she was like that age today, she would probably be one of the lesbians that wear their strap to the club. Like, <laughs> <laughs> now the village police department, like we said, that knew them very, very well. The neighbors would call the police on them because they'd be arguing and hollering. They would call the police on each other because they'd be arguing and hollering and. Everybody was just getting really sick and tired of it. That just, in the state of Florida, because I just know, I just happen to know this fact about the state of Florida. If somebody is called, if a domestic dispute is called, they automatically <laughs> arrest somebody. I don't know what the rule is in Georgia. I don't know what the rule is in Oklahoma. But I know they do that in Florida. And I just feel like they would, after you call the police and somebody gets arrested, y'all both been to prison. Y'all want to go back? Why y'all, why don't y'all just move out? And so I feel like Gloria had that epiphany too. Like, why don't I just, this ain't working. So Gloria calls her mama and she's like, mama, I got to get out of here. This is, this, this, this ain't working. This ain't working. We fight. We knock down, dragging out fighting. That's like what Biggie said. I just came home. I ain't trying to see Central booking. <laughs> like, let's yeah, Exactly. Ex- exactly. Like, come on. And Gloria was having that same idea. Gloria was like, you know what? I am sick and tired of this. And what I don't want is to go back to prison. You and I are knocked out, dragging out fighting every single day. Gloria really had it. And Wanda Jean would not only just call the police sometimes, Wanda Jean would call Gloria's mother, which, why you calling my mama? Like Mariah said, Gloria was done with this shit. They had been going through this shit for like six years. Enough was enough. So on December 2nd, 1988, officers were ditch bashed to the Homeland store, which is like a grocery store out there in Cassidy Square. And Wanda Jean and Gloria was over there fighting. That's, that's, that was her epiphany. Like, I can't even go to the grocery store without getting into it with you. So the cops escorted the women to their house and stood by for a bit and then left. Like, I'm going to make sure shit don't pop off. Okay, y'all good? Okay, I'm out. Gloria's like, had enough of this. Pack my shit. I'm going to fuck out of here. And she's packing up her stuff. And before she leaves the house, Wanda Jean says that she asked her to stay and attempt to work out their difficulties, right? When Wanda Jean was following Gloria to her car, Gloria grabbed, like, a hand rake and hit Wanda Jean in the face with it. Now, this was not brought up in trial or anything. Mm-hmm. Story so, according to Wanda Jean. So, after hitting Wanda in the face with the rake, you know, she calls her mom. She's like, uh, she calls her mom, Miss Ruby Wilson, and she's like, can you come help me pack up and stuff? I'm leaving Wanda Jean. I can't take this no more. Also, I need you to take me to the village police station so I can file a report on her. Right? So, Gloria's mom gets there. They get in the car and drive away. But before Gloria's mama drove away, she says that she heard Wanda Jean say, I'm going to kill you, bitch. Wanda Jean gets in the car and follows them to the police station. Now, again, according to Wanda Jean, she was headed to the police station to file her own report about being hit in the face with a hand rake. But they both at the police station. That's so what were they doing, racing to the police station? That's how I, I every time I keep imagining me like, you're going to go to the police? Well, I'm going to go to the police. Right. <laughs> both of them right. to the police station. And okay. then this is what Gloria's mom had to say about what happened next. The last thing that I heard my child say was, I said, no, Jean, no. And that's what I mean, no, I'm not coming back. And she turned around and she leaned into the car to get her purse. And as she leaned over, something said, clink. She grabbed her side. She said, Mama, Jean shot me. I said, oh, girl, stop playing. Jean ain't shot you. She said, she did, Mama. She shot me for me. So I looked at Jean. And Jean just turned real calm. 
and just walked back to her car. Like, she hadn't did anything. And I'm started licking at Jean, and I'm looking. I said, she did what? The? She said, Jean shot me. So she moved her hand. When she moved her hand, it was a little bitty pinhole. A little bitty, little bitty spot right there. And I looked. I said, Jean shot you for real? When they raised her up and turned over, I looked down at all of her intestines. And stuff was just hanging out the back. And we went to the hospital, and I stayed up to the hospital until the time she died. Now, the police, they saw the woman holding the gun, fleeing from the scene in a brown Lincoln. The woman bleeding on the ground, of course, is Gloria Leathers, and the woman fleeing of, is, of course, Wanda Jean. Gloria was on the pavement, clutching to her side in excruciating pain. The ambulance came, and they saw that she was shot with that 39 caliber bullet, which had entered her abdomen and exited on her left side. Gloria was rushed to the hospital. She was treated for three days until she died from gangrene of the bowel. But before she died, she was able to tell the detective she was cognitive enough to tell the detectives that Wanda Jean was the one who shot her and the police were now ready to go find her. Wanda Jean, of course, was laying low after the shooting of her second girlfriend and Crime Stoppers said that there was some type of a reward. You know, they're looking for her. It's starting to become a high-profile case. And one of Wanda Jean's family members turned her in and was immediately like, where's the reward money? Wow. Beyond people. It, it really do. It really do. She was arrested on December 5th, the same day that Gloria died, and she was brought into an interrogation room where Wanda Jean was told about Gloria. Also, I want to let you know at this time, Wanda, that the warrant for shooting with intent to kill, the charge will be amended by the district attorney tomorrow for murder due to Gloria's death. <laughs> Lexington. Why don't you just take a couple minutes there and compose yourself? I asked you, was that right? When the officer told me that Gloria had just died, I died right then. Right then. With her. I have a clip here. It's opening to one minute and 36 seconds. Wanda Jean later says that when she was told that Glory had died, that she felt like a piece of herself died with her. She was just so upset. She was so overcome with emotion. But I mean, a piece of you died, but you were the one that killed her. And she was like, I really thought she was all right. I thought she was all right. I mean, how do you think she's somebody's all right when you put a gun to the gut and shoot it? But okay. Um, she was taken to the county jail to wait a Raymond. And when they searched the house, they found the gun that was used to kill Gloria. And so they were like, here we go. Easy case. We got the victim who ended up passing away was able to tell us that it was Gloria Jean. And we also found... The murder weapon. So two days later, on December 5th, 1988, Wanda Jean was charged with first-degree murder for the murder of Gloria Leathers. Off-rip, Wanda Jean kind of was at a bad start. You know, she had a public defender and one who had never defended a person on trial for capital punishment. Like, they went into this saying, we're going to try and give you the death penalty. He's like... Who never okay. did this before? <laughs> this is new. And he was like, hey, judge, um, can I get some extra money for this case? He had some low ass number for the budget of defending this case. I feel like it was like maybe maybe 20,000. But, you know, all this shit to investigate costs money. Also, mm-hmm. 
his lawyer fees, right? So he's mm-hmm. like, can I get some more money so that I can properly investigate this case? And the judge was like, no, work with what you got. And he was like, okay, can I be recused? Because I've never done a capital murder case and I don't feel like I can adequately represent her in this trial. And he was like, no, this is your case, work it. So the judge is like, you're good, you're good, no yeah. worries. <laughs> I believe in you. So the judge is like, not really giving a fuck. I think that's crazy that the lawyer says, I don't think I'm good enough to do this trial. And the judge says, well, you're the best she's got. Like, right. he's telling you right there, I'm not the man for the job. And you said, sounds perfect. So to make matters worse, he didn't even know this was a death penalty case until weeks after he took the case. And he didn't even know about her history of mental incapacitation, like her low IQ scores and stuff, until weeks into the trial. So she's really off to a bad start here. When the trial began, her lawyer, he's like, okay, I'm up against an impossible feat, but, you know, let's go. Take that shit to trial, bitch. Take that shit to trial, bitch. Take that shit to trial, bitch. Take that shit to trial. He tried to put forth evidence that Gloria, of course, had a history of violence, too. I mean, she stabbed a woman to death. They were in prison together, right? Mm -hmm. And he was just trying to tell the jury... Gloria's not an innocent woman herself. Like, they're going to tell you all this shit about Wanda Jean, and this is her second time. Gloria, too, has been down this road, you know? They came into this this equally matched, and the prosecution objected to having evidence about Gloria's character presented, and they won. The court prohibited Wanda Jean's lawyer from using anything about Gloria's past because she was not on trial, and then it would be considered hearsay, right? The prosecution depicted Wanda Jean as... An evil person, remorseless, a liar. They even brought evidence of some cards that Wanda Jean had sent to Gloria. And one was like, the front of the card said, get well soon, you're in my prayers. And when you opened it up, it said, you're also in my confessions. P.S. I'm the type of person who will hunt someone down I love and kill them. Do I make myself clear? Love, Jean. And she spelled it with the G, E-N-E. That toxic love, right? Mm-hmm. The the second card that they presented was one, it had a gorilla on the front, and it said, patience my ass, I'm going to kill something. And then, again, flipped it over, opened it up, says, try and leave and you'll understand this card more. Dick, for real, no joke, love Gene. <laughs> it's like, um... Somebody's gonna murder me, do da, do da. She's gonna dig me in the backyard, oh, do da day. And like six years you went through this shit? Right. I just wonder what it was like on the other side. Like, did she think it was cute? Did she, was she like, some people oh, love that she, toxic Some love. people do, right? And when some she people was like, love man, she that really toxic shit. Me. She don't play about me. <laughs> no, no, no. The prosecutor, if you watch this documentary about the execution of Wanda Jean, you can find it on YouTube. You better hurry up and find it because it's free right now. And I'm sure as soon as this episode comes out, they're going to put a paywall on it. They, this white ass lady was like, see, she signed it G-E-N-E. Everybody was so hung up on the G-E-N-E spelling of her name because her name is w- Wanda Jean, J-E-A-N, which is like, I guess the feminine version of spelling it and G is the masculine version way of spelling it. That's what I told you. She is stud, but they were trying to say that she was trans. They were trying to say that she was all this stuff. But I mean, everybody used she, her pronouns as far as I knew. And this is Oklahoma. But it's also like, were people calling themselves they before they knew they could? You know what I mean? Right. So it could have been that as well. And they were. she was like, 
since she signs her name G-E-N-E, that means that she believes that she's the male of this relationship. I mean, is there even such thing as that in these types of relationships? Right, and then they're like, and to be the male, she had to be the aggressor, and it's just like... Or she just Listen. an aggressive ass bitch. <laughs> or maybe that's, yeah, because I've dated plenty of stud where I have been probably, if if we had to put a role on it, I would probably have been seen as the more masculine one. Yeah. But they the stud. Like, yeah. But I'm the one killing bugs and shit. But I mean, it also, you know, it's Oklahoma. Super, super Bible Belt, super country, super Jesus and law and order and, you know, all that good stuff. And homosexually is, oh, my gosh, it's such a sin. Yeah, I mean, it's Oklahoma. So her lawyers um, believe that the jury didn't really want to value Wanda's life. And they were like, you know, because there was this lesbian relationship and they had to keep hearing lesbian relationship that they were just their godly ears of the jury. They just could not handle it. The jury ended up finding Wanda Jean guilty of first degree murder. During the punishment phase. Oh, first of all, let me. Let me tell y'all about what Wanda, uh, Big Daddy Wanda Jean wore to... Not Big Daddy. <laughs> well, Big Daddy Wanda Jean wore to her um, courtroom. She had blue suede slacks, you know what I'm saying? Uh, blue, like... Um, silk button down, you know what I'm saying? Some white suspenders that definitely had some type of floral design. Jerry curl looking like it was freshly sprayed. Girl came in a shop to be found guilty of first degree murder. And during the punishment phase, the prosecution wanted the death penalty since she had that history of violence. This is not her first killing. The defense presented tons of mitigating circumstances like that she had a good relationship with her family. And you see that throughout the entire documentary. Her family is really tight knit. She was also fearful of Gloria trying to present that it may have been some type of self-defense. Like they were going back and forth and fighting all the time. You know, they were also they were able to present at the the sentencing phase because not during the trial. They were able to at least say at the sentence phase, you know, Gloria stabbed a woman death before. So this was a very toxic situation that they were all in. And Wanda Jean just didn't want to be the next victim of Gloria. Dot, dot, dot. But, okay, the prosecution had some shit up their sleeve. The prosecution presented a testimony about the circumstances around the the death of Deidre, the first girlfriend, and how it was very similar to the death of Gloria. In both situations, they were trying to break up with Wanda Jean. And they were like, look, she's a jealous, crazy kill her. You break up with her, she's gonna kill you. It's like them niggas on the street, like, you don't want to give them their your number and they're gonna kill you. And so, since they were done with Wanda Jean and Wanda Jean was not done with them, they were trying to say, you know, Wanda Jean was very much if I can't have you, nobody can, and shot them both. But now, remember, this didn't come up during the trial part. All this evidence into the about Deidre came up during the sentencing phase. And that's when the jury was like, oh, yeah, we're going to put you to death by lethal injection. While Wanda was in prison, she was able to secure a new and more educated and experienced team of lawyers to represent her. However, the lawyers were volunteers and working pro bono. They said that Wanda Jean was borderline mentally retarded and had neuropsychological problems that made her react differently than the rest of us. They also wanted to make sure that people knew about that recommendation for when she was younger. The recommendation from the from Juvie, from the doctor that said that she needed, the state needed to follow up with neurological testing, but never did. And I think that it is like wild that in that initial trial, they didn't bring up any of her mental history. I mean, but I mean, the judge, like like we said before, that lawyer didn't know no better. He didn't know what right. the hell he was doing. So these new trial people, they were like, okay, we're going to make sure they know. Right. So they said that 
the problem with Wanda Jean is that in ta- in 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 talking to her like casual conversation, she appears perfectly normal. It it doesn't feel like she has any mental co- incapacities, right? It feels like you know she's keeping up with the rest of us. They was like, what we're trying to do is show the public that like you're not a scammer, but you actually are challenged in some ways and it's a little harder for you in certain things. And I think one of the things that she especially struggled with was um, understanding cause and effect, that every action has a reaction and a consequence and shit like that, which is probably why she keeps finding herself in these situations. Yeah, she doesn't know how to inhibit. I think Mm -hmm. like... Like, I can be mad at somebody and you can want to punch them in the face, but you inhibit because and my brain knows there are con- there are consequences for everything that I do. But mm-hmm. her brain does not do that. The lawyers you can see in the documentary, like, they keep trying to get her to go over her statement and see what she's talking about. And she was like, you know, saying, I'm sorry, but she hit me in the head with a hand rake. And, you know, and the lawyers were like, listen, let's not talk about that, okay? <laughs> I understand, but... You don't want to seem like you're making excuses and, you know, we just only want to rely on the facts and handrake wasn't investigated and, you know, handrake gunshot doesn't really compare, right? So let's just leave that off the table and just stick to your sorry, no buts, right? And Wanda Jean's like, yeah, I got you, whatever. So then in 1991, after her trial, she was sentenced to death. So during this appeal hearing, I mean, like Tazzy said, they're rehearsing this, her statement every single day. They're making minor tweaks every single day of just strategizing on how to appeal to these five people. It's five members of the Oklahoma Pardon and Parole Board. And she needs to win a majority vote so that she won't be executed. Um, of the people on the parole board were appointed by um, Republican Governor Frank Keating. It is also important to mention that this is a part-time job and does not require any prior criminal justice experience. It is supposed to be of your peers, but we know how that goes. For 12 years, Wanda Jean was on death row and her team of lawyers were fighting for her to not be executed. And they were just trying to appeal to this board that she should have life in prison without the possibility of parole. They protested. They held rallies. They talked to a whole bunch of doctors. They talked to a whole bunch of news outlets. Um, They got Gloria's mom, Ruby, to even tell the state of Oklahoma that um, killing Wanda Jean wouldn't bring her her back. Some people say eye for eye or tooth for tooth. I don't believe that. Just because you hit me, I don't have to hit you. I can be a bigger person. I just don't think that we have to live that way. Can I have a clue? So Wanda Jean and her team of lawyers filed appeals in 1994, 1995, 2000, and in 2001. There were 11 appeals in total, ranging from things like them not having enough money for investigators, one of the, one of the, um, that she had ineffective assistance, misconduct with the prosecution, and the list goes on and on and on. She did appeal after appeal, and each one was denied, denied, denied. So Wanda Jean is at her last chance for clemency. But during this time, the Oklahoma Clemency Board had never granted clemency to anyone, like, ever. Like, not a straight white man. So, like, we've got this black lesbian woman who was killed for the second time. She's really— she's Trying really her luck here. Right. And, you know, the first time she was only given four years, and I feel like— I feel like a lot of it was like, we fucked up the last time, so now you're going to pay for both, right? Like, mm-hmm. you've only served two years for killing a person. 
we're going to be damn sure that you don't get this chance again. Wanda Jean's last chance at life was her clen- her last clemency hearing, right? And again, they're just, they're not trying to let her off. They just want her to have life in prison, right? So it was set for December 15, 2000. This is her very last chance, right? So before the hearing, Wanda Jean's lawyers are able to get in touch with Reverend Jesse Jackson, who accused Oklahoma of becoming a killing machine. Questions were raised about Wanda Jean's mental competency. And Reverend Jackson, he had made two trips up to Oklahoma to rally on her behalf, to call for a moratorium on the death penalty in Oklahoma. He protested hard with, like, two, three dozen other people. And he ended up getting arrested for trespassing on Mabel Bassett Correctional Center in Oklahoma where Wanda Jean was being held. Um, And as part of his protest, he spent the night in jail for her. You know, she really had some real support behind her. And, like, up until this point, her lawyers are, like, really doing everything. They're reaching out. They're calling. They're calling. They're calling. Like, hey, what do you think we can do here? What do you think we can do here? Just, like, up until the last minute, they were like, okay, we're going to go in with everything that we've got. Right. On December 15, 2000, at the Lexington Assessment Reception Center, the entire clemency hearing and the aftermath is recorded in documentary style. Like I said, it's on YouTube. And there were... There were 181 people there, which was the fire marshal limit. So people were standing outside as well. Five people spoke at the hearing. First, her priest, then her doctor, the assistant attorney general, Gloria's oldest brother, and Wanda Jean Allen. Her original trial lawyer was also there to testify and to answer questions about how he was not prepared to represent Wanda Jean to the best of his abilities because which was a really big deal for them they were happy that he was able to show up to like show hey I said this all this time and it's also kind of embarrassing to be like I am inadequate but basically they wanted to tell the board that he owned up to his mistakes of being inadequate counsel yeah and I think in a documentary they was like at first, he didn't. He wasn't going to speak, and then he came and talked to Wanda Jean, and he left. And they was like, "Listen, he came in here, and he wasn't going to say nothing. And you just convinced him. Now you just got to convince the other people in the room. <laughs> you obviously right. have the power to change minds. Like really pumping her up. They're like really feeling it." Right. So the first person, like we said, to speak was her priest. And he spoke about how Wanda Jean didn't receive equal justice during her trial. He said that the trial attorney didn't know what he was doing and there was no evidence of mental impairedness presented, like we said. Second, the medical expert talked about Wanda Jean's brain damage in the frontal lobe um, and talked about all the things that we've told you before, impulse control, all of that. The third person was uh, Sandra Howard, which, whoo, she made my eye twitch, y'all. She was up there lying, y'all. Sandra Howard is the assistant district attorney. And she said that Wanda Jean took an IQ test and it was tested that she was 80 and that she was a fully functioning adult. She said that Wanda Jean graduated from high school. She said that Wanda Jean got a two-year medical degree. She said, we are not executing a mentally retarded woman. She is a cold-blooded murderer. And that is when Wanda Jean's attorneys were like, excuse me, what? They were like, there is absolutely no way that she graduated. This is not, this is untruth. That was their first time even hearing that. Her older brother, Greg Wilson, took the stand and talked about all the stuff that his family had to relive with the crime. I mean, he said he didn't want Wanda Jean to die, but he didn't want her to slip through the cracks like she did before. Like, he was like, listen, I'm not saying put her back on the streets. I'm saying just let her live in prison. And lastly, Wanda Jean spoke on her own behalf. She had her fresh jerry curl. She had her gold tooth shining and her prison suit was 
freshly pressed. She was handcuffed and shackled in the front and was led into the front of the clemency board and gave her speech. Okay, go ahead. First, I want to thank God and ask for forgiveness once again. And I want to apologize to my mother. And I've asked her for forgiveness as well. All I've taken her through. She's been an excellent mother in more ways than one. But most of all, I want to apologize to Miss Williams and to Gloria's family. I'm sorry. And I'm ashamed for what happened. I love you today, too. I ask for forgiveness, not only for the loss that she has suffered, but for the circumstance in which we find ourselves. I don't wish this on anyone. What I want to, what I want you to know is that I'm not a monster. I'm a loving and thoughtful person. And I'm not here to beg for my life. I believe in a higher power. I have put my trust in God. I have come to believe through my faith that we have to forgive in order to be forgiven. All I can say is that it's in his hands, and I'm trusting him and his promises. I'm asking for forgiveness and mercy, too. I want to live, and I'm very ashamed and very sorry about what I did. I do not believe that I was born a bad seed, and I'm not what the prosecutor say that I am. I am what the Bible say I am. I don't understand everything that has happened. None of us ever does. But I think that there's a reason why we place in certain situations. And there's some things God can come from it. This is my greatest assignment in life. Please live. And then after this happened, they asked the board if the board had any questions for her. And what kills me is that the board did not ask her anything. Not a single question. They prepped they her like, for nope. They prepped her for days. They asked her really hard questions. The board may ask you about this. The board may ask you about that. Trying to challenge her and get her into uh, the mindset of what would happen in there. And the board did not ask her shit. But also, I feel like her her lawyers kind of set it up really weird. Like, they were like, um, now, please, if y'all have any questions, please ask her. Please remember that she's not in her normal environment and, and really trying to, like, placate what she had going on. You know, like, yes, she's a little, she a little touch. But they it was like, like she, has- uh, she, she's, she gets confused with new environments. So, you know, give her a chance. And, like, maybe we might have to talk her through the question or something. Like... I don't know. It was weird how they set it up and how they, and I'm not going to lie, how her lawyer set that up, I probably wouldn't have asked her anything either. And so neither did, it was just how, she may be, she may be confused. So we may need to help her with answering questions. That's just, I don't know. It, it, the way they presented it that way kind of left a bad taste in my mouth. And I think I would have probably been taken aback enough. Not that I wouldn't want to. I probably would have been taken aback enough in that moment that I didn't have a question immediately. Right. They came in there already arguing. And I think, you know, if they would have said, hey, let's give her a chance to work through it. But I just think I would even maybe want to challenge that. Like you say your mental capacity incapacitated. Let's see how far that goes. Let me see. Right. You know, and maybe even say, even if they were to come to the judgment, like the ju- like the lawyer said, um, and talking and have a r- regular conversation, you can't see it. 
you know? Even if I came to that shallow conclusion, like, no, she's not touched. Like, I had a conversation with her. She seems fine, right? But, like, she didn't really get to say anything. And, um... I don't know. I would have been so shocked if they didn't ask me anything at all. And so, <laughs> right. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I just, just being so ready and then just nothing. Mm-hmm. You know they took, and she she was taking her time writing this speech. She was like, y'all please don't make me change this speech again because y'all really going to confuse me. Like, mm-hmm. we done made too many changes and I want to feel ready and I'm not feeling ready with all these changes. Like, you have to give me time. So... After Wanda Jean speaks, she gets escorted out. So she doesn't get to hear the results of the hearing when everybody else gets to hear, right? So they transport her back to prison, and she has to wait for her lawyer to call and find out, right? But after she's finished speaking, the other 181 people who were there waited for the the board's decision. And it was a four-to-one vote that her clemency was denied. And the only person who voted yes for the clemency was the one person who was not appointed by the governor. And it was just like, just so quick. No, Makes no, you think, no. huh? Mm-hmm. So they, I mean, after Londa Jean's lawyers get there, they go and they pray with Londa Jean, and she's trying to hold back her tears, but a few slip, and she's just sitting there with her sister, and her sister's just like, I just miss you, and I'm just, I'm so upset about this because I miss talking to you, and Wanda Jean is holding strong through all of it. She was like, I'm still here. You can still talk to me. Like, I ain't gone yet, girl. And she was like, I know, but like, I guess having that ticket on your head, for real, for real, it's like, Mm -hmm. this is really about to be over, and and nobody can do anything about that. And you could tell how (laughs) close her brothers and sisters were, because like, Mm -hmm. they... In that documentary, they have, like, a meeting before the parole hearing at her brother's church. Her brother is the pastor, but he was, like, so choked up. He ain't want to really speak. Her sisters and her other brother was in the, uh, like, in the lobby of the church. They couldn't even be in there because they were just crying. Like, they just—that's their sister. And they were like, you know, we know she did something wrong. We don't want her back on the streets. But, my goodness, like, killing her. Like, we understand consequences, but please don't take my sister away, which I get, right? So, I think, you know, Wanda Jean, she really leaned on God for his comfort. And she was sad that—but and didn't want her family upset about the decisions. Like, you know— I'm still alive. Nothing's impossible for him. We all right. You know, you just got to keep pushing, keep praying. We're going to be okay. We're going to be okay, right? Mm-hmm. And, but, you know, we, we, we feel and we see Wanda Jean's people suffering. But, you know, Gloria's people were suffering too. And I think to different degrees, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, mm-hmm. her mom is just like... It's a terrible thing that happened. But I don't think, you know, the killer needs to continue. Her brother's like... Am I mad at Wanda Jean? I mean, no, at this point, it's been so long. I don't even think about Wanda Jean anymore. I just think, you know, my sister is gone. The daughter Mm -hmm. is like, Wanda Jean's not popped into my mom. When I'm thinking about my mom, I'm just thinking about my mom. You know what I'm saying? Like, there was like, and he said it. He was like, the prosecution or whoever on the clemency board is trying to set this up. Like, we want her death, but they want her death. We're fine with her living. But the sister... Sister did not feel the same. <laughs> I was like, damn, girl. She said, fry her up. I said, oh, girl. Talking about I want to see her twitch a little bit. Like, okay. Masochist much? Okay. 
it, and I get it. It's her sister, but I just mm-hmm. hurt people, hurt people. But I don't know. I just you just continue in the pattern of hurt, hurt, and and at the end of the day, did it make you feel any better? Did it bring Gloria back? Did it? You know what I mean? Did it? Mm-hmm. Did it do anything really? Maybe it did. I'll have to ask her and see. After the clemency hearing, um, Wanda Jean's lawyers they they're like, who? Who, who did she get that information from that she graduated high school and got a two-year degree? Because we ain't never heard none of that. So they go to the Board of Education, and they get the information, and it shows that Wanda Jean did, in fact, drop out of school when she was 17 and never went to undergrad, nothing. So the assistant, the assistant district attorney lied in the clemency hearing. And where she got that from was... In the trial, Wanda Jean had said that she did. But I think they asked her a question and she said yes. They said, did you obtain a degree? She said yes. And they were like, and her lawyers were like, no, 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 no. They confused her in this thing. She is saying yes to a, she because she's calling her middle school diploma a degree. And I just, I, and I don't know if it was confusion or if she felt like, Nobody wants to feel stupid. You know yeah. what I mean? And it's literally one size job to make you seem as off as possible and another one to make you seem competent. And competent is not acting, asking for a lot. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so I don't know if it's that she was confused or that she was ashamed, you know? Mm. And just gave the answer that she gave. Um, But in looking into it, she did not have either one of the degrees. And so the lawyer sent this information along with Reverend Jesse Jackson over to Governor Keating's office to see if they had any hope left, right? And this is their very last option. And he's like, maybe I should consider giving her a stay of execution because we don't know about her education for real, for real. Maybe this needs some more time. So he says, give me some time to think about it. And thought about it, he did. And after he thought about it for a little while, Governor Frank Keating said, this is not easy because I'm dealing with a fellow human being, with a fellow Oklahoman. I have debated and discuss this, and now have resolved to deny the execution of 30 days. I care very deeply for the victims of the crime. I have no use for killers, but I have a deep, abling faith in the rule of law. I have to think about the woman she murdered in cold blood. I grieve for the families. I grieve for the dead. If a person takes another life premeditated, they take their own. So, yes, he denied her 30-day stay of execution. So Wanda Jean was tried, convicted, and sentenced to death by lethal injection. Her execution date was January 11th, 2001. Wanda Jean would become the—and in that that month, y'all, in that month alone, January of 2001— Oklahoma executed eight people in that month alone, which was a record for the month and tied at the time with Texas' highest record. Surprise, surprise. 
I mean, Jesse Jackson was right. Like, Oklahoma, you're just a killing machine. During this time, this execution made Wanda Jean the first female to be executed in Oklahoma since the state reinstated the death penalty. And she is the first African-American female also executed since the state penalty was reinstated in 1977. The night before her execution, the state moved Wanda Jean to the prison that was about 20 miles away in McAllister because that is where the execution would take place. And also there were protesters outside of her prison that were saying, you know, stop the killing now. They were shouting. They were um, protesting for her to be out of prison. Well, they were protesting her to not have um, the death penalty. And they were scared that this crowd was going to, like, try to come and steal her and, like, kidnap her, like, break her out of prison. But that's honestly what nobody was saying. Nobody said let her ass out. They just said don't kill her. don't kill her. They didn't say you let her go. We'll tell you who, we'll, we'll let you know we want you to let him go. Not this one. So um, when the state decided to move her, they moved them unexpectedly. You don't tell the parents. They don't tell the lawyers. They don't tell the next of kin or anything. So her lawyers were like, oh, shit, we got to go pack a bag. They were literally like, oh, go pack a bag. Hey, honey, not coming home. Got to go be there first thing in the morning. On January 11th, the day of her execution, Wanda Jean was set was scheduled to be executed at 9 p.m. 24 relatives of the murder victim, Gloria Leathers, and the manslaughter victim, Deidre Pettis, traveled to McAllister to watch the execution. Gloria's mom was like, I don't know if I should go. I was really debating with it, but, you know, I was at Glo- I was with Gloria for her final breath, and I feel like—I I was with Gloria to the very end, so I feel like I should be with Wanda Jean to the very end, which, whew, my heart. Mm-hmm. Many of the relatives watched the execution behind a tinted window— And in the room in front of them was a dozen media representatives and seven witnesses chosen by Wanda Jean to view the execution through a clear glass. Wanda Jean's witnesses included three ministers, Reverend Vernon Burris, her personal spiritual advisor, Reverend Walter Little, the pastor of Oklahoma City's Redeemer's Lutheran Church, and Reverend Robin Mayers, pastor of Oklahoma City's Mayflower Congressional Church. State Corrections Department officials denied Jesse Jackson's last-minute request to witness the execution. Oh, this is because Jesse Jackson was not on her list. You know, you got to have a list of people that can come visit you. And he was—he does a lot of things, and he was trying to get it on the last minute, and they was like, nah. But Jesse Jackson still protested outside of the execution walls with everybody else. He was also on CNN in Oklahoma saying that he cannot justify Wanda Jean Allen killing anybody, but he also cannot justify Wanda Jean Allen being killed. Wanda Jean didn't want any of her family members to come to the execution. I think a part of her was believing that something was going to intervene and she wasn't going to be put to death. Like, you know, you don't have to come because I'll still be here, right? I don't think she really got her last meal opportunity because of the prison transfers because she was on the phone with her lawyer. I know all the other shows say her last meal was a bag of chips, and I can't believe she just asked for a bag of chips. But, like, on a documentary, she was like, I just want something to snack on. Can you—you can take my commissary money. Like, I'll pay for it. Please just give me a bag of chips. And I don't— Because she hadn't even eaten since she was there. Yeah, and I don't— Because it was like a thing that her and her lawyer— Right. Because her and her lawyers, they had like every time that the cameras were there, he, she would ask him and he would ask her, what'd you, what'd you eat today? What did you eat? Did you eat? And I guess that was a relationship she had with her lawyer. And she was just like, yo, I haven't eaten. Give me, they were really close. I need like, them to give me some get trips. out the phone talking about something. I love you. <laughs> like really close. Two hours before Wanda Jean was set to go for 
execution, like the phone calls were cut off like two hours before. She wasn't, you know, they weren't able to use the phones anymore. Um, So around 6 p.m., Wanda Jean was trying to call her lawyer and the call keeps getting disconnected. And the lawyer's like, they're doing this on purpose. They're doing this on purpose. And he was like, I just need to talk to Wanda Jean. I need to talk to her. He's calling the prison. And he's like, my phone is disconnected. And they're like, it's an issue with the phones. We're fixing it. They'll be up soon. Yada, yada. He's like, I'm running out of time. Like, we're about to hit the two-hour cutoff. I need to talk to Wanda Jean. So she barely had any time to, like, speak to him. But somehow she got in touch with her sister because her sister calls the lawyer. And it's like, Wanda Jean trying to call you. Stay by your phone. But he wasn't going nowhere. He was out there anxiously awaiting her call, right? So. Streaming October 6th on Paramount+. Plus. First place I learned about death was a pet cemetery. Dead things buried in that land. But come back. There's something else. Something's wrong with Timmy. He needs time to adjust. That's not Timmy. Something's talking through him. Dead is better. Pet Cemetery, Bloodlines, Rated R, streaming only on Paramount Plus. Just hours after Governor Keaton and the U.S. Supreme Court took all the hope that Wanda Jean had left, she stepped into a gurney and was injected with a lethal three drug cocktail. Um, she was only 41 years old, and she, as it, right before you know, they put her down. She raises her head and she smiles and she sticks her tongue out like at her lawyer and kind of like does a little little dance or whatever. And, you know, a little tear comes out and then she receives a judge. And her last words were, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Um, and, you know, these were Jesus's last words before he was hung on a cross. You know, she was like we said, she was very close to God and built a very strong religious relationship while in prison. So I'm sure that's where that came from. Um, and on January 11, 2001, at 9.17 p.m., Wanda Jean Allen took her last breath and was pronounced dead. And afterwards, people were interviewed about how they feel. And Latoya Leathers, Gloria Jean's daughter, was like, we're the victims, not Wanda Jean. Like, I mean, this is just the end of justice. This is the end of her road, you know? And then her brother was like, all turned out, I think... You just didn't appreciate the way she went out, but you gotta. They have already taken everything. You took a healthy woman, and and killed her. And yes, I understand that's what they did for your sister. But like you said, being off the streets is enough. So she has to die. I feel like you know, not that Gloria got to die on her own terms. And I get it. I get it. I get it. But like, if she just wanted, I think she had become that person, just trying to lift everybody else up, and. You know, there were people out there for her to support her and to be with her in her last moments. And I think that was for them, not for Gloria's family. But they was like, you want to do a little dance? Her brother was mad. You want to do a little dance and, and stick out your tongue? It's just disrespectful. She'll take nothing seriously. It's no remorse. I just don't think that's true, though. Like, she gave that speech at her clemency hearing. And what I really liked is that she turned around and faced mm-hmm. the family and was like, I am sorry. I am ashamed. You know what I mean? Like, you turned around and said it to their face. And yeah. I feel like that's just a very big move to do, you know? Because even when you wrong, people don't like to admit that they wrong, you know? So to sit there and look these people in the eye and be like, I took your daughter away from you and 
there's nothing I can do but be sorry for it. You know what I mean? I think it's a big thing. Um, but they they ain't like the way she went out. But I think, you know, aside from her family, that her lawyers probably took it the hardest. These men, they, they like we said, they truly cared for her and loved her, and they were just so disappointed that after all this that they could not spare her life. Like, it was just like, yes, she's a killer, but, like, it's really a person there. And she's a pleasure to know. She's picks you up when you're down. Like, the lawyers was like, we're supposed to be making Wanda Jean feel better, and Wanda Jean telling us hang in there, you know? <laughs> like, she right. lifting our spirits and keeping us up, you know? And just, I think she was just a light for those people who she loved. And that light's just kind of kind of be missing. Um, after her execution, Wanda Jean's family was able to get her body so that she would have a proper funeral with her family and the people that loved her and were close to her. She was laid to rest in a white casket with baby pink lining, topped with white and pink baby pink roses and baby's breath. She was dressed in a whole whole white suit. Her brother embalmed her because one of her brothers owned a funeral home, and her family was able to properly say goodbye to Wanda Jean. And so that is the story of the execution of Wanda Jean. That's it. Um, all right, y'all. It is time for... Well, I'm not black. I'm OJ. I didn't do it, but if I did, this is how I would have got away with it. I'm sorry. I, she had two crimes, so I guess we can start with Deidre. Um, I just feel like you got to know when to let these hopes go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sometimes it just ain't that deep. And I think that applies two times. I feel like that applies for both. Sometimes yes. you just got to know when to let these hopes go. Um, if the argument was about the nigga... Uh, I was going to say shoot the nigga, but you know, when they be like, if you and your girl into it, that nigga don't owe you shit, you know? It's between you and your girl, so I mean... Somebody said in the discussion group, they were like, these girls that be killing other girls over that nigga, I just wish a girl would be like, I'm feeling really murdery over you. And that's all you got to tell me. That's all you got to tell me. Apparently not, because Wanda Jean said it and then followed through. That's the problem, is that she didn't follow through. Right. But I promise you, if 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 somebody is, if a girl is like, I am feeling really like I'm gonna murder you over this person, I'm gonna be like, you know what, you can have is this person, right? We good. It's absolutely okay. I ain't do it, but if I did, I would have just. I mean, it's no answer but to just break up with them, right? As, as just Chris break up with them. As Crystal and Kid Fury say, break up with them. Oh. Yeah, you just these lesbians, man. And like I'm <laughs> that's the that's the thing. Like you be fighting each other because y'all both it's not like, oh, this nigga hating me. Like, y'all both girls. And I've been there. Thank you for growth and not being in relationships where we're beating each other's ass every time. But you're gonna have to get out of those relationships where y'all beating each other's ass every time. Because it's then gonna escalate. Like they're already wrong, right? And it if both of us can't see, sometimes you have to flee. And I think that they were always trying to file these police reports, and that's all fine and dandy, but y'all clearly be be bluffing with these police reports. I know that those police probably at that station don't even take it. Here they come again. <laughs> that's probably what they're like, here they come again. But, like, just go. Just leave. And I know that sounds—I know that sounds—I I know I sound like an asshole. Somebody's going to be like, why you sound like an asshole? People can't just leave. But sometimes you have to, and it has to be a hard fucking break, like cold turkey. Trust me. Trust me, y'all. Trust me. 
I've been in the relationships where it's toxic and it's hard to flee, but you you don't want to wait till you dead or you kill somebody. It's just not worth it. It's just not worth it. Um, um, I ain't do it, but if I did, once we got to the police station, it would have been a foot race. Like, I'm just got to get in there before you <laughs> with my bloody ass face from when you hit me with the hand rake. And then who hurt who? You know what I mean? Right. Right. That That's really good. A foot race to the, a foot race in. And I've, the police should just be like, both of y'all are getting arrested. <laughs> y'all, y'all both going to sit in here and cool out. Right. Um, I guess parole or no parole is not really a thing. So uh, execution or not execution? I'm always not execution. I just, you can sit in jail. It just, I don't know. I don't know. I am not always not execution, but for this one, I am. Um, it's so funny. I was, there's a young lady that is uh, competing to be Miss Georgia. And oh my gosh, she's so beautiful. She's so extremely smart. She, um, like graduated from spell she's younger than us graduated from spellman already has her master's and is working on her doctorate she's super smart and she's getting ready yes, to ma'am. And, right amazing and i was doing a mock interview with her because uh, y'all don't know this but i used to do the pageant world um but she's competing to be miss georgia so we were doing a mock interview and we were asking her this was her last one so we were asking her really tough questions because you just never know what kind of questions you're going to get some are political some are lighthearted some are about her platform and her so her social justice initiative and one of the questions that was asked was it wasn't by me was did she believe in the death penalty and she did an amazing job answering the question like she she said that like she thinks it's a violation of human rights Mm -hmm. she then talked about her belief as um as a christian and um not wanting to and not feeling the need to execute somebody else and da 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 da. And then my mind was like, ah, oh, you're running for Miss Georgia. And the only woman on death row in Georgia is um, that hoe. What's that bitch name? Um, Tiffany. The only person on death row in the state of Georgia for women is Tiffany Moss. And that's what immediately where my mind went. And I was like, mm, I have to think about like who we want to represent us. And although like Tiffany Moss, from me to you, you, I am, I'm like Gloria's sister. And I want to see a little, I want to see it twitch a little bit. But I think there is. There's so much to take into account. In this case, it's she just what does it crime. mean for everybody else? It's just like right. In this case, you might like, want to see this person die, but like, what does that mean for everybody else? You know what I mean? And then, and then it made me start to think like. Everybody's like, oh, we're Southerners and we're Christians and, you know, the Bible Belt and all that stuff. But like you're taking another life. So the blood is no longer the person whose blood, whose hands the blood is on. Right Mm -hmm. now, the blood has transferred over to the state's hands. And so it it gives you something to think about. It feels just like a little too much power in the state. Right. And I never liked that they're allowed to kill people and we're not. Right. And we've seen time and time again, not with Tiffany Moss, clearly, and Wanda Jean actually did the crime, but we have seen cases where people are on death row and they did not commit the crime or there is evidence that is shown that is contradicting the evidence that was presented in court. And so or maybe then, we know they did the crime, but they still didn't get a fair trial and a white man could have got off with that shit. But this person has to die for it. If if. Wanda Jean was a white woman and it was y'all the newspaper articles were like um woman gets an argument with her roommate over like over like home dispute um like a home what did they say like a rent or home dispute if it was really a straight white woman that shot her roommate over some bullshit domestic argument she would not be on death row 
I just, mm, what you choose for one affects everybody else. And so I just don't think that taking this one life is worth putting everybody else's in jeopardy when you could just keep them behind bars for the rest of their life. It's not like prison's fun. I don't know. Everybody, y'all gonna have to give us your thoughts on this one. Um, But that's the end of the show. And if you want to give us your thoughts, you can email us your thoughts at sisterswhokillpodcast at gmail.com. You can join the discussion group and give your thoughts there. You must answer all the questions as well as agree to the rules. Failing to do any of that will make sure that you do not get into the the discussion group. I promise you won't get in. Um, if you want to tweet us your thoughts, you can tweet us at Sisters Who Kill. You can follow us on Instagram at Sisters Who Kill Pod and follow us on TikTok at Sisters Who Kill Podcast. Happy Pride Month, everybody. Friend, you got anything else? Talk to us. We talk back. Bye.